Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, I'm Kevin McDonnell and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. In this episode, I thought we would talk through the differences between self-managing your portfolio or outsourcing it to a management company and the pros and cons around each of those. So when I started off in property, I used to self-manage myself and then I started outsourcing it and now I have my own lettings business that's completely outsourced as I've got a joint venture partner who does the day-to-day management of that business allowing me to focus on the things that I'm best at, which is finding great property deals and securing those deals for my portfolio. When I started out in property, I thought I had to do everything myself, from the finding the houses to the refurbishing the houses to the managing of the properties, managing the tenants. But what that does is, yes, you can save some money on not having to pay management fees, but you're losing a lot of time. And time is the thing that is our most valuable resource because we only have the same amount of time in the day as everybody else on the planet. So it's about being smarter with your time. So starting out, what I did, my first few properties, was secure them, look for the tenants myself, do the viewings myself, meet the tenants at the property, um, decide if they were the right tenant for me or not, Maybe you do references on some, others I didn't even reference. I just made a, a good call decision on them, which isn't the right thing to do. You should always do a reference check at least on your tenants. I'd prepare the contracts, write the contracts, meet them to move in, take their deposit money, lodge their deposit money, do the inventory inspections myself. Any repairs that were needed while they were in the property, I'd go and check if it needed doing. I'd organize somebody to do the repair if I couldn't do it myself. And I deal with all the day-to-day issues. Now, that was what I thought being an investor, being a landlord required. But there's a huge difference between an investor and a landlord. I was pretty much being the landlord, which is the day-to-day managing of the property. When what I actually wanted to be was an investor. And an investor is somebody who finds property deals, but outsources everything else. So my job today is finding great deals and finding money to do those deals. And what I found is since I've moved away from the self-manage, I've actually started to do a lot more deals because I've had more time, but more mind space as well to be able to think about what it is I want to do next, where it is I want to take my business to. But I'm not saying don't self-manage because there is some real good pros to self-managing. And one of them is learning what the agents need to do. So even though I did it myself and it may have took a lot of time, I probably did it for too long when I started. But I do recommend that everybody should do a little bit of self-managing their properties. Because what you'll do is you'll find out the sort of problems that your tenants have. Problems that I don't generally hear about now that I've got a managing agent managing it for for me. Even though it's my own managing agency, I still don't hear about all the day-to-day issues. And my tenants are my client. I need to provide good accommodation for them. And we should all see our tenants, not as a tenant who pays rent, 
But as somebody who is our client, we're providing them with accommodation. We're providing them with a service. And we need to give them that service to the best of our ability. So self-managing allows you to see inside the life of an agent and what sort of things they deal with. So then you can ask them later when they are managing properties for you if they're looking out for all of these things. It does obviously save you on the management fees as well, but that can be at the detriment to doing more deals and having more time to do more deals. So it's not the main reason that you should self-manage. For me, the main reasons for self-managing is to gain experience around how to look after a property so that you know that your agent is doing it in the right way and you can speak to your agent in the right terms. Yes, you can get to pick your own tenants, which is a real good benefit as well. But the main thing is learning what an agent does. Because you see that out there, there is good agents and there are bad agents. And there's specialist agents who specialize in different things as well. So managing a single-let property is completely different to managing a multi-let property. And quite often, agents who do single-lets are, and to a very, very high standard are absolutely terrible at managing multi-let properties because it's a completely different animal, a completely different game. So I'll give you an example of that, actually. I looked at a property for a mentee of mine just over a year ago now where they were really struggling to find tenants for rooms in a house they had. And I said, well, I'll take a drive past the property because I was in the area one day and I'll see if I can figure out what's wrong. And as soon as I drove onto the street, I immediately identified the problem. And that was that he had this six-bedroom house that he was renting out by the room and he had given it to a local agent. Now, he lives away from the area, so it was remotely given to the agency. But he didn't really do the right due diligence on that agent to make sure he had the right agent for multi-let properties. And as soon as I drove onto the street, as I said, I seen the, the, the board outside the property which said for rent. Now, it said for rent. It did not say rooms for rent. So any person passing by that sign would automatically think it's a house. So it wasn't that there was nobody looking for rooms in the area, but it was more that the marketing didn't attract the right type of call. I stopped on the street, I got out of my car, and I stopped a few people who were walking by and asked them if they know if anybody rents rooms in the area. And of the 10, 15 people I, that passed me by, about two or three of them were renting rooms in either that street or the nearby streets. I then went to the corner shop at the end of the street and asked them if I could put a rooms for rent sign up. And the lady behind the counter said, absolutely. She goes, actually, the lady who's coming in on the next shift this afternoon is looking for a room in the area. So I got her details, passed them on to the landlord, and within a few days, she was one of the first tenants to move into the house. So the key here is, and the message here is, make sure that you've got the right type of agent if you do outsource. So it's not just a choice between self-manage and outsource, but it's the reasons you would do self-management are the reasons you want to outsource. And then if you do choose the outsourcing, that you pick the right type of agent for the type of property that you've got. So let's say you do decide to do some self-management. One of the first questions people say to me on self-managing is, what sort of systems do I need? How do I do all of the management of the tenants? And here's what I did for my first 10 properties. 
I used, and you need to write this down, this is a hugely eye-opening piece of software, Microsoft Excel. So why, why do I say Microsoft Excel? It's because there's all these massive fancy apps out there that you can use. But if you've got 10 properties, even 10 single-let properties with 10 tenants, you can manage them on a spreadsheet. What I see people doing is they spend hundreds of pounds, um, tens, fifty, hundreds of pounds a month on software to manage one house. You don't need the software to manage one house. Quite often people spend a lot of time procrastinating over what software to do, what websites to have, all of these sort of things. That stops them from doing a viewing to actually secure a deal in the first place. What I say to you if you're listening is just get your first house. Get your first house, manage it on Microsoft Excel, get a second or a third one. And once it gets to the point where you cannot manage it in Excel anymore, then look for a software system to do the management. Now, there's some great software systems out there. And once you hit sort of 10 plus properties, you want to look at systems, things like Arthur, that's A-R-T-H-U-R, or GoTenant. So they're two really good property management software systems that will track your rental incomes coming in and out, the tenant changes, um, your deposit secured, when the rent's due, you can link it to your bank account, and they'll also link to your accountancy software. So I use an accountancy software called Xero, which is X-E-R-O, and that links to my bank account and downloads my monthly bank statements. And we can allocate Xero. Well, I've got a bookkeeper that will then allocate my bank statements into Xero and any bills that have gone out of the account. So everything is allocated to a specific property. But you don't need those sort of systems for one house. One property you could just manage off Microsoft Excel. Just get started. Get perfect later. Uh, since we've set up our lettings business, we've moved on from the Arthur Go Tenant type software. And we now use a property management system which is specific for letting agents. And that's a system that we use. It's called Jupix, J-U-P-I-X. Now, I don't recommend if you're managing your properties yourself that you would even need this system. This system allows us to send reports monthly to all of our landlords and track everything from our client account. But it's a much higher level system. My, my JV partner in our lettings business takes care of all of that. I don't even personally know how to log into the system or find anything in there. All I want to know is that it's happening and that I get a monthly report from it. But when you scale up to the level of having your own agency, and that's something you should all be looking at as well, because four years ago when I started in property in, in the UK trying to build my portfolio, I wasn't thinking I'll own my own letting agents in ever, never mind in four years' time. But we scaled at such a pace that... It just became the natural thing to do because the choice became not do I self-manage because it was now too big a beast to self-manage or do I give it to an agency? The choice was now do I give it to another estate agency or letting agency who'll take 10% plus VAT off me or do I manage them in-house, have our own staff and have another business that we could then scale as well and potentially even franchise in the future? But it was cheaper to take the properties in-house and manage them in our own agency and take on other landlords' properties as well than it was to give them to another agency. But here's the thing. When we started to take on other landlords' properties, those landlords' properties, the management fees from those, pay the staff in the agency. 
so I get my own properties managed for free. So you won't be starting off there, but there's no reason why anybody listening to this podcast shouldn't get to that level. And all I did was I followed the model of progressive property. So they manage all their houses in-house through Progressive Lets, which is one of their companies. And I just learned from Robin Mark at Progressive and implemented what they've done. Built up my own agency in the same way that they've built up theirs. And you can too. So let's look at the beginning. You're starting out, you decide to do your first one or two properties self-managing. It'll save you some money. But maybe the first one or two properties are the very ones you should give to a management company to manage. Because when you're starting out, you don't know the legislation. You don't have the skill set to know what type of tenants to find, how to look for the right tenants. So what I would suggest is at the beginning, give your first couple of properties to an agency and then closely monitor them. Ask them, interview them around what sort of things they do how they find the tenants, how they lodge the deposits and make notes on all this stuff. Then once you've got three or four properties, look to self-manage one of them yourself, but do all of the stuff that you've learned from the agent. So you're getting the agents to manage the house, but you're also learning off them how you could self-manage yourself. You get the contracts off them, everything you need. Then take one property and self-manage it. And maybe you only do that for six to nine months, even a year. So you get an insider view of the sort of issues that a tenant may have. You get to speak to the tenant, find out if they've got any issues, what sorts of problems they may have, learn all about the tenancy deposit scheme, the inspections, all the things the agency does. So you get not only a good understanding of your tenant, but you actually get a good understanding and an appreciation of the work that the agency actually does for you. Because letting agents do do a lot of work. They've got all of the marketing before they find a tenant. They've got the viewing, so they've got to show up and meet everyone. Not just the tenant that moves in, but they've got to meet up every tenant that want, is, shows an interest in that house they have to meet. They have to fill in forms in the office around that tenant, get references for that tenant, prepare the contract for the tenant that does eventually get the property, lodge their deposit money in the tenancy deposit scheme, as we said earlier. Get all of the inventory stuff done before they move in. Meet them at the property on the day of the move-in. Do the regular inspections on the property. Deal with all those day-to-day issues so that agencies do quite a significant amount of work. And then if there's any issues with a tenant where they don't pay the rent, then it's the rent chase-up letters, maybe even organising taking them to court if you unfortunately needed to do an eviction. And that's not a regular thing with property. In all of my years in property... Only once have I ever had to take a tenant to court. And when I did, the tenant didn't even show up. So it was awarded possession to me immediately by the judge because the tenant didn't even show up for court. They And when I got to the property to give the possession order, the tenant had already left. But they put me through the cost of going to court. But the agents can sometimes help prevent that for you because they know how to deal with tenants in those situations. So they can remove them from the properties and help do it in the right way legally stuff that maybe is not your skill set. But you can shadow the agent and learn all of this stuff in the background so you become knowledgeable on what they do. Now, I didn't just set up my own agency knowing all of this stuff. I don't want to be a letting agent. I also don't want to be a landlord. But what I want to do is be a business owner. So I looked for an agent's 
that was not on the high street, but were marketing for properties online. And I found this local guy who was running a agency, a letting agency from a satellite office. And he had built up just under 50 properties from this satellite office, but he wasn't on the high street. He was renting this office space. He's like a virtual agent and there's lots of virtual agents out there. So I approached him and I asked him if he would be interested in moving his 50 properties to the high street where I would provide him with a building that we were converting into an agency so he could come and sit in our office on the high street. And now this was a property that I bought and we put in the downstairs into a letting agency and the upstairs as apartments. But the apartments upstairs will pay for the whole mortgage on the building. So I own the building. But the plan was to put the agency downstairs but not manage it myself. So this guy has come and moved into the downstairs building and he's a 50-50 partner with me on the agency. But if I was to go out and find my own manager for an agency, it would cost me 30, 35 grand a year for a, a lettings manager. However, I've got a JV partner that has a vested interest in the build business who I don't pay a monthly wage to but he gets 50% of the profit. So his wage is limited to whatever he can build the business to. It's a real, real win-win because he's got the footfall on the high street and he's got the office space. He still gets to manage his own business and I, in return, get all of my properties looked after within the agency. I can keep a closer eye on them but not have to do any of the day-to-day -day management. So you can look at getting your own agency a lot cheaper than you think, getting staff pretty much for no money and building your business around being creative. So hopefully I've given you some ideas on how you should start, which options you should take and how you could scale up to maybe having your own business someday. So just a quick recap. One is I'd say start by giving the first few deals to an agency. Learn from them what you need to do. Definitely self-manage, even if it's only one property but not to become a landlord, just to learn what agents need to do. And look to medium to long term, scale into the opportunity of building another business. Remember, multiple streams of property income. Progressive talk about multiple streams of property income, and that's exactly what a lettings business is. It's another income stream. If you've enjoyed this podcast, remember to subscribe. We publish every single Tuesday. So hopefully I'll see you next week. Also, go on to Facebook and join the Progressive Property community. There's over 21,000 active property investors in there. Make sure you subscribe. We've also got a YouTube channel. So Google Progressive Property on YouTube. Join the channel. Lots of valuable content in YouTube that you can also tap into. A few years ago, I couldn't imagine owning my own lettings business or property portfolio to the scale it is today. But I've done that thanks to the education I've got within the progressive community. It all started for me at Multiple Streams of Property Income, which is the flagship event the progressive run. If you've not been to a Multiple Streams of Property Income event yet, contact the office, give them a phone call, drop them an email, and come and meet me. I'm the host of the Multiple Streams of Property Income event now. So if you're in the room, say hi. It'd be great to meet those that are on the other end of the podcast so we get to know each other personally. Also, some of you listening to the podcast maybe thinking, how do I get started if I've got no money? Well, I started with massive debt. And last year, I wrote a book called No Money Down Property Investing. And it's all about how you can start your investment journey 
using little or none of your own funds. You can get a copy of either the hardback book or the Audible version on Amazon. The link, if you're interested in having a read of No Money Down Property, is bit.ly forward slash nmdbook. That's bit.ly forward slash nmdbook, all lowercase. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. I'm Kevin MacDonald. You've been amazing. See you next week.